return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Let's stand up just for a second. Amen. Did you bring your Bible today? Amen. Bring your Bibles. Thank you, Jesus. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Randy, can you give me one of those 20-inch bikes back there a second? Just wheel her up here for me, please. Thanks. Ah, thank you, Jesus. We've done Kids Night Out for a long time. We've given away hundreds and hundreds of bicycles for uh, boys and girls. I appreciate what Angeline's doing uh, for organizing. Amen. Let's thank her. And I don't see where she's at right now, but she's probably, there she is in the back. Thank you, Angeline. And of course, Pastor Randon, Sunday school teachers, people that are doing things. Thank you. Uh, uh, for Kids Night Out. And now, some of you, if you're joining us overseas, uh, this is America. So I know for a lot of you, a bike would be pretty important. Um, but this is the United States, and so uh, here, a lot of people have things. It's just different in our country. But for kids and stuff, what we do is we give we'll give away bikes, and uh, we hope this time also we'll have over 25 bikes that we're going to give away for young people that they can have and enjoy and stuff. And uh, if you're believing for a bike, we believe in Jesus' name for you to have a bike for your ministry. Uh, for you to travel and to do things in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so bicycles. We give away bicycles. And, you know, I remember, the, I remember the first time we gave away a bike, a bike. It was like a big deal. You know, we're going to have a drawing and stuff. And, and uh, someone was going to win a bike. And then we thought, well, maybe there's two, you know, or three. And so over the years, it's kind of growing to where we give away a new bicycle to, uh, to a boy or girl. Pretty simple. They're going to register outside. Uh, so we have to be there early, right? We'll register, get their name and address, and greet them and be friendly. Turn to your neighbor and say, be friendly. I think Christians should be friendly. We put on our church sign, we put out here happy hours. Now, happy hours, normally to the world, that's a bar term where people go at a, at, at a certain time, kind of early in the evening to drink. Drinks are half price or something. They call it happy hours. Uh, and so I always think church should be the happiest place in town. Amen. Because we know where we're going. We're going to heaven. And uh, you can have a bad day, but let me tell you, a bad day in Christ is much better than a great day as a sinner. You know, it's just great to love Jesus Christ as your savior. So we put out happy hours. So when people come, we should be friendly. 
People, are, people come from a lot of homes, and maybe you grew up in a troubled home or so forth. People come from a lot of places, and not every home is happy. Not every Christian home is happy. And so we want people to come here when we have services or Kids Night Out, but we want them to feel safe. We want them to feel like it's a happy place. Amen? Amen? That's what we're transmitting. We're transmitting the love of Jesus Christ. So they're going to register, and then they're going to come in in the back room there and so forth, and there'll be a little basket. If this is a boy's bike, so then they can know, well, I'm about this size, I'm a boy, so I can, I like this bike. So in other words, a boy's not going to get a girl's bike or whatever. Yes, the bikes are according to their gender, that's okay, or whatever they want, I guess. But, you know, it's like, it's like this, this here, uh, bikes that we pick up, we bring here, we buy. And um, what is this? Well, if, you're, if you like coming to the pre-service, Koinonia Coffee Shop, maybe you like a donut. Maybe that's your reason to come early. We do think so people will fellowship, right? And the bottom line is building community here. Spiritually, this, this is nothing more than, than a seed, or you could call it bait. If you're fishing for fish, real fish, uh, uh, Kurt has a million lures and so forth. But otherwise, you might use a walleye or a nightcrawler, right, if you're catching walleyes. For a minnow and nightcrawler for walleyes. You're fishing with what the fish like, right? So Kurt's not throwing the line, well, I really like that donut. I'll throw it out there. Well, probably not going to get anything, right? He might like that. Fish doesn't. So you fish with what fish like. Boys and girls like bikes. They like a lot of things, but bikes are something that we can get. And so this is bait. Amen? Now, so the whole thing is that people might come, win a bike, great but also maybe they'll find Jesus. That's the huge thing. That's the huge prize. That's the gift of eternal life. That's the gift that will bless them the rest of their life. Amen? Amen. So that's the point of it. The point of it is to get boys and girls here. They'll have fun outside doing different things, and they're going to come in here. They're going to hear just a simple John 3.16 message, which is simple but very profound. God loves people. Can you say amen? loves people all over the world. He loves everybody, every race, every nationality, every country. He loves people. People of different religions. He loves people. And you can't get away from that. Nothing actually can separate you from the love of God. No matter what someone did, they could join a whole other religion. Nothing separates them, though, from the love of Jesus. He still loves them. He does not turn his back on people. He's still there for them if they turn to him. So, so uh, a seed planted... Seed planted. How many of you went to Sunday school when you were little? Raise your hands. A lot of you did. How many of you remember anything from the Sunday school time when you were little? Yeah. A lot of you do, you know. And seeds planted when you're little are very, very important because they'll stay with you. Maybe a memory, an event, a song, maybe a scripture verse. Maybe it's the smile from the teacher. Right? Just little things, you know. I can remember going to Sunday school, and it was a concrete floor and so forth. But uh, in our day, you know, we referred to teachers as Mr. or Mrs. And no first names, Mr. and Mrs. But I always remember the teacher uh, would welcome us, you know, Mrs. Van S. And she'd welcome us, you know, and so forth in the room. She always had a sweet temperament. I found out years later she had a terrible marriage. And, and the family wasn't that great. 
But her perspective that she presented to us as little kids was always so nice. You know, uh, nobody's life is perfect. Amen? Nobody's got a perfect life, perfect marriage, perfect home, perfect kids. There isn't such a thing. No perfect churches. But we're here because of Jesus Christ. And we're here to give out this love of Jesus. Amen? We're here to pass on this love of Jesus. That's what it's all about. Got any young kids? How many real, any little kids? Real little kids? Here today, maybe we can grab a little one. Maybe, is, is uh, Ryan want to come up and join me? Or He's, oh, that's where, of course, that's where they're at. Of course. Well, <laughs> okay, so, so um, we, were, we were walking, uh, walking the other day, and we saw pictures, old pictures of views, like of downtown. This was a picture of downtown Sioux Falls, but older cars and people, and you kind of think, Everybody in that picture was probably dead now, you know, just dated-wise because it was so old. But the thing is, at one time, some of us are older now, but at one time we were all little, right? At one time, you were four. At one time, you went to kindergarten. I remember going to kindergarten, and they, you know, they had a nap time. And uh, then they had recess, and I, I thought school's out, so I took off. And, and uh, so, and then the teachers later, the school's looking for me. Of course, my dad was a teacher. They're looking at me. I was home watching TV, you know. And, and uh, they said, what are you doing? I said, it's over. No, no, it was a recess. You're supposed to go back in the building, you know. So I learned. But, you know, uh, uh, you know, nap times. Remember when you were little and you never want to take a nap? How many of you got kids that don't want to take a nap? So my mom was pretty smart, and I've, now I've used that on all of our kids and grandkids and stuff. But she'd just say, you know, you don't have to sleep. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes and rest your eyes. You know, of course, you look pretty soon you're sleeping. My youngest grandson, he knows if he gets in my arms, I, and I'll just say, David, just close your eyes. Now he's smart. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Because he'll close, I'm rocking a chair, he closes his eyes, pretty soon he's asleep like he's been tricked or something. He's got to take a nap. Now when you're older, of course, you could probably take a nap anytime, and most of us don't. We just do other stuff, you know. Or can sleep in anytime, any day can sleep in, and the sun's up, it's like, up, oh, we're up, you know. And uh, life changes. But we were all young once, weren't we? Right. All right? How many here have ever won a bike? Any, any other kids ever won a bike? Okay, we got one back there, 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 there. The one bikes. Wow, there, all right. That's great. That's, that's really neat to see that. What? How many won a spouse? Oh, you won a spouse. That's a want a spouse. We're not giving away spouses, but yeah. Yeah, your wife came and got touched by the Lord, and and uh, Alora, you know, won a bike, and they came back. And uh, Angeline, would you say it was love that drew you back? Just the yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't meet at Kids Night Out, but the love of God that was here, and they met later then at another outreach. And uh, the rest is history. So, so neat things happen when you go to church. <laughs> and uh, I always say, if you're looking for a spouse, go to church, right? 
You know, someone, someone, I'm going to go look for a spouse. I'm going to go to the bar. Wrong place. Red lights. You know, no, don't go there. Bad place. Why would you find someone that's doing that? Find someone that loves Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this is like bait. So we all, at some point, all of us older people, we all were younger people. If you're a parent, you can always tell your kids, they can say, you don't understand me. He said, no, no, I've already lived where you're at. <laughs> I've already been there. I've already been in your shoes. Now I'm just older. I've been 14 or 15 or whatever. So, so now, so what happens for the young people? So let's, let's fast forward 20 years. What happens for these young people that are coming around here? They're going to turn into the leaders. Maybe less than 20 years. But they're going to be the leaders. And most of us won't even probably be here. We'll be off, if the Lord doesn't come back, we'll be off enjoying his presence in a personal way. But the young people, these are the leaders. So any kids you see around you, anybody around you, they are the leaders of the future. And it, and it can be, that future can be real soon. It's not like a chronological age. They have to be so old. No, they can be any time. As they step into that place with God to be a leader for Jesus Christ. They can be a leader at the school. can be a leader at their campus someplace. Amen. Amen. You remember Jesus, we sometimes think of Jesus like he's walking around with gray hair. Jesus was a young person. <laughs> the disciples, I would guess, were all young people. Probably if Jesus was 30, I would guess they're all in their 20s. All right. He didn't go around picking a bunch of old men, and I'm going to take you, Joe, just a second. I'll get over there just a second. No, he took all, picked all these young men, all these young people that were follow, that followed him, and became tremendous leaders. And that's why we do this, some of this stuff. Amen. That's why that's why children are so important. I'm going to skip a verse there, Jeremy. I'm going to go to uh, Mark 10. So, Mark 10 in your Bible. So, they brought the little children to Jesus. I like this. And and they brought them to Jesus that he might touch them. Now, we've been in places overseas where people have brought little children to us. And and, uh, sometimes people have stayed late at night just so that that child can be touched. There's something about touch that is so good. I'm talking about a godly touch that uh, is so powerful, so anointed. Parents, you've got to understand there's an anointing for you as a parent, right? You're parenting your children. You're training your children. You have a godly touch for them. And they brought the children to Jesus that he might touch them. Now, I don't think we're talking about, you know, you know, there's three kids. I think we're talking about a lot of kids, all right? There was always a lot of people around Jesus, so I think we're talking about a lot of kids. Let's, let's call it a kid's night out. Okay? And they brought him to Jesus that he might touch him. And the disciples rebuked the children. So now the disciples, you know, uh, when children are around, it can be noisy, right? Yeah. When children are around, it can be noisy. It can seem chaotic. And yet, and yet noises, some noise is very good. <laughs> right? Some noise is very good. Again, we'll, we'll go back to, we talked uh, a week or two weeks ago in the Holy Spirit, and we're going to go back to that again. But remember, we don't want to be so organized. Remember, it said, let all things be done, and then it said, decently in order. So you don't want to be so much order that nothing's done. Kids are kids. Kids make noise. 
right? They make noise. They'll talk. They'll maybe get excited. And we want kids to be excited. Kids night out is noisy. It's not a, it's not a service like this. It's, it's a noisier service. We want it to be noisy. We want kids to shout Jesus. Amen. That's a good name to shout Jesus. So, so the disciples, because I would guess of some of the situation, they rebuked those that brought. So they're probably rebuking the parents or maybe an aunt and uncle or whatever, a grandparent who brought their children to Jesus. And, and so when Jesus saw that, so in other words, now notice now, it didn't say he heard it, he saw it. So there's a lot of things going on, but maybe from a distance, the disciples say, no, 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 we don't need any more of these kids here. And Jesus said, wait, stop, you know, let's stop what's going on. And he said, he, it says he was greatly displeased, and he said, let the children come to me, and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. So he's saying, let them come, let these kids come. Because Jesus wanted to put his hands on them and bless them. Now, we're always talking about believer's ministry, but the, the real nuts and bolts of believer's ministry has got to get right into your home. It isn't something, Pentecost stuff isn't stuff you just know, you agree with mentally, I say, yeah, we're Pentecostals. No, it's got to get down into your everyday, the basics of life, of the things that you do. So you want, if you have children in your house, you want to, my advice, lay your hands on them every day and speak over them. Every day, speak over them. What are you going to speak? Speak blessings. So they're going to school. You speak blessings, favor. They're smart. They're intelligent. They're going to do well. They're learning well. Amen. They might be getting F's. What are you doing? Speaking life. <laughs> right? So that's, that is a parent's prerogative. Now, I can't go do that to your kids. They're your kids. But you can do that to lay your hands on your kids. Now, when they go to sleep at night, I do the same thing. I'd talk to them, take some time at night, and to visit, and so forth, and then pray at their bedside. These are basic things, amen? See, I grew up in a home that had none of this, okay? Nothing about Jesus. And so then we get saved, and we bring Jesus into everything we do. And it doesn't matter how old the kids get. The kids might get old enough, they're rolling their eyes like, okay, yeah, go ahead and pray. Yep, we're going to (laughs) pray. You know, we're going to do those things. We're going to do those things that are godly and proper. Now, you might think, well, my kids are long gone. Second thing is, do you have grandkids? Third thing is, do you come to church here? There are kids here. Hallelujah. So this is an opportunity to see kids, greet kids, talk to kids, be around kids. What are you doing? What's happening in your life? Amen. Amen. To be someone who interacts with them because their life is important, right? Their life is important. What, what's going on in their life? What's going on in school? What are they involved in? Things like that. All right? Go ahead. Thank you. Um, speaking over children. So anyway, this just happened. But uh, even when they're teenagers, like you say. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you this, but... I won't mention any names, but a 17-year-old grandson of ours, <laughs> there, that's enough, said, um, Nani, will you scratch my back? And I said, I sure will, but I'm going to speak in tongues the whole time. 
Is that okay? And, of course, he laughed, and he said yes. And, but, you know, just something simple as that. So then, you know, maybe a child wants a back rub or something like that. But then it gives an open door to pray in the Spirit. Yeah. And I want to say, pray in the Spirit. Get comfortable praying in the Spirit. If yeah. you're uncomfortable with your prayer language, just use it, and you'll get more. So yeah. anyway, it was really a blessing. And yeah. then... And then as we do that, as I did that, and then we can declare God's word. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, an anointing comes. And I just began to prophesy over him, you know, things that are right from the word of God, things that God says. You're the head, not the tail. You are extremely favored. You have ridiculous favor on your life. Doors are opening up yeah. for you. No man will close them. Everywhere you go, you bring the sweet aroma of Jesus. So. Yeah. Um, I had a fun time, and I know he did too, but, you know, it's, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. To um, spend those moments like that and, you know, just take that Kairos moment. Amen. 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 That's good. Why, why is it spiritual? Because you're spiritual. You're a spirit being. Your spirit has been born again. You're spiritual. This, this here is just a fleshly container. Someday, if Jesus doesn't come back, it's going to the ground. It's a fleshly container. You're a spiritual being. Everybody in this planet is spiritual. Amen. Everybody is filling their lives up with something to try to fill up that void of spirituality if they're not a Christian. People are searching for all kinds of things. The only thing, the only thing that satisfies is Jesus Christ. Amen. The only thing. I mean, booze doesn't satisfy. There's always a morning after. Immoral sex doesn't satisfy. It just wounds your spirit. Religion in itself doesn't satisfy. Religion is broken, all right? It doesn't bring answers. It doesn't bring peace. It doesn't bring hope. Only Jesus satisfies. So you're a spiritual being. So, so what, even what Pastor Jeannie is saying, being com- become comfortable with the Holy Spirit using you in normal situations of life. In fact, even the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, people, the gifts of the Spirit, now we want the gifts of the Spirit to ha- operate in the church. The reality is, some of those do, but most of those operate in the world. Okay? The gifts of the Spirit operating in the world, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. That's all Jesus was doing. He's coming to the the place, and and he's ministering to the woman at the well. He says, call your husband. She says, I don't have one. He says, you're right, you don't. And the guy you're living with isn't your husband. You've had five husbands. She had a word of knowledge for the woman, but he also had a word of wisdom. And all of a sudden, she had a revelation, and she's talking to the Messiah. See, so sometimes what happens in, in Pentecostal charismatic places, it's like the Holy Spirit moves here in this place, and then nothing out there. That's not, that's not true. That's not right. The Holy Spirit is moving all the time. So the gifts of the Spirit, the anointing, praying in tongues and so forth, happens in your living room, happens over dinner, happens on your job. There's all kinds of things that happen through the normal things of life. Amen? I remember, remember a year, it was a year ago, I climbed Black Elk Peak. I was so glad to make it up there at my age. And, and uh, it's a strenuous hike, you know. It's, it's, it's several miles. Strenuous hike, and it's uphill. And then I'm with teenagers that are running like little gazelles. Bounding off rocks and branches and up the hills, you know, and and then you know I said, "Are you coming, Papa? I'm coming. Just a second, I'm coming." And then I get to him, you know, and 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 I'm being like this. 
Okay, okay, off we go again. It's kind of funny. Joey and I headed out. We were hit like first 200 yards. We're walking. I thought, boy, those kids are really slow. We'll just keep, we'll set the pace. <laughs> that was over real soon. <laughs> so when I came down, I was so glad to come down. Like they had their friends with, some friends with them and stuff too. And of course, people from other countries. But I was just praying in tongues finally. I was just thanking God. So I'm praying in tongues as I'm coming down. And I'm sure other people think, boy, there's people from other countries here. Man, you know. And the grandkids are hearing me, and then I'm praising the Lord, singing hallelujah, just to be well enough. I was thanking God to be well enough to do it. Bringing Jesus into your life, into your job. Peggy's husband and I had done work together, and we would sing together on the job. We would sing and we'd shout and so forth, and people got to know that. We were like the singing painters, you know. And You know, bringing Jesus where you're at. Don't make him a church thing. We don't want kids to think, oh, this is a church thing. No, he wants to be life in your home. Amen? Could be over a back rub. Could be over fixing a meal together, cooking, making cookies or whatever like that. You know, my daughter had uh, uh, a lady in her house. And so she came over because her son became friends. And he would be over all the time. We'd see him. And whenever he sees me, he says, oh, hi, Papa. And he'd give me a big hug. Now he's Muslim. And so his mama wanted to know, where's, where's, this, where's her son hanging out? And she sees good things happening in his life. So she comes with her full burqa on to my daughter's house and wants to check it out. And so Angela said, well, let's, let's bake some banana bread and so forth, and they, which they did. But the lady, the lady saw and could experience Something that's positive. Amen. It's the presence of Jesus. And she said, well, we're Christians here. We're Christians. We love, we love Jesus and so forth. And she said, oh, that's okay. You know, he's in a good place here. You know, he was, I was at high school a few months ago. He's coming down the hallway and comes and gives me a hug. That's pretty neat. Bringing Jesus into your life. Amen. Your daily life. We come here to be encouraged, refreshed, but we should go out there and live it. You should come into your home and do something. Amen? Amen? Praying over meals, praying over your kids, speaking life. Amen? All right, let, next verse. Let's just look at verse 16. So Jesus takes the children then. He says, uh, 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 Jesus took them up in his arms. He laid his hands on them and blessed them. Now, he has two arms. So if they're little, maybe he could take two at a time. But he took them up in his arms. He lays his hands on them. So let's picture, I've got one on my arm here, and he's laying his hands on them. And then it says he blessed them. Now, this implies that he spoke something over them. Amen? Now, we don't know, we don't know what he said. We don't know what he prayed. What, you can use your imagination. What would Jesus pray over you? Let's face it, folks, there's times when uh, you can be older. He'll take us up in his arms. And I believe he lays his hands on us and he speaks blessings over us. And we've got to receive the blessing. Hallelujah. We need it. Sometimes like the, like the footprints in the sand, we think, wow, where were you, Lord? And he's like, I was carrying you, Dave. I was carrying you through all that. Have you ever gotten through something before and think, how did we ever make it? I think it's a number of events in our lives. How do we ever make it? Well, he's there. I believe his hands are on us and he's speaking blessings. 
But this also says this, again, you blessing your children. Because who lives in you? Jesus does, right? Who died for your children? Jesus did. You love your children. Who loves them even more? Jesus does. So taking your children in your arms and blessing them, or if they're big or older, you can bless them like this. However, or our children are grown adults with their own families. We still speak blessings over them. All right. We still speak blessings over them. You know, just a minute you're leaving. Just saying, we're going to speak a blessing. You know, and they always know they might be in a hurry, you know, like, okay, still going to speak a blessing. <laughs> now we're not going to, you know, we're not going to have a prayer meeting. All right. We're, they know we're not going to talk here 10 minutes. You know, we're just speaking blessings over them in Jesus name. But if Jesus did it, we should do it. Amen. If Jesus did it, we should do the same thing. Let's go to Matthew 21 a second. So the children are crying, Hosanna. So this is the, they had this unhibited praise. They were excited. Children, you want children to be children, but we want them to be children for Jesus. Amen? So they're crying. They're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. And, and of course, the religious people didn't like it. You know, they shouldn't be doing this in the temple when the reality is we should do it. We should uh, turn to your neighbor and say, loosen up. Loosen up a little bit. Even as parents, uh, uh, you got to loosen up. Our kids sometimes, our kids, you know, we're with the grandkids, we're doing things, and then they said, boy, Dad, you were a lot stricter with us. And I'm thinking, yeah, now I'm a grandparent. <laughs> but you know, folks, there's things if I could do over, I'd do some things different. Yeah. I wouldn't be so stiff. And I'd probably enjoy a few more things. You learn. You learn some stuff. Amen? Amen. And, and, you know, here the kids are shouting and they're praising Jesus. And, and Jesus says, do you hear what they're saying? He says, he says, haven't you ever read out of the mouths of babes and infants that he's, he's perfected, ordained praise to come forth? He's ple- Jesus is pleased. Amen? He's pleased. And the children are doing what? They're just, the crowd outside, it wasn't, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the children cutting down the palm branches. They weren't skinning up the tree. It was older people, but the children were copying those things. Children are going to copy you. They're going to copy your life. Now listen, if your Christianity is here in your brain, not going to happen then. They're not going to follow the Lord. It's not going to happen. If your Christianity is, well, we're going to church no matter what you know, but they see nothing at home, forget it. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. They have to see things. The children will copy what they see, how they experience stuff. Kind of quiet in here, but let me just say this. Never too late. It's never too late. One time we we apologized to our kids over some things. They said, oh, you're the best parents and so forth like that. Never too late. Not perfect parents. (laughs) You know what I mean? As a parent, you want to do the best for your kids to see them grow up following Jesus. Yes, succeed in other ways. True. But the best thing is to follow Jesus. Secondarily is this, what they're doing in life, okay? Sometimes we grade success like, well, my kid does this and this and this. Big deal if they're not following Jesus. <laughs> Amen? The key is following Jesus Christ. Then what happens? Well, great, you have a tremendous future in Christ. 
You might do A, B, or C as a job, but your identity is in Jesus Christ. All these things, again, are important as what children do. Ephesians 5.1 says, uh, be followers of God or imitators as dear children. So how are, how are kids going to imitate God if they don't see anything godly? You, the only thing you can follow is if you have something to follow. All right? So we're not just talking about words in a page, but we're talking about uh, actions. So we're followers or imitators of God as dear children. But of course, it fits even with the verse that's in front of it. The, the, the chapters are separated, but four verse, chapter 4, verse 32 says that we should be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving. So for kind, so what do, you, what do your kids see, or what do people see in your life? Do they see Christ? Do they see the fruit of the Spirit? Do they see fruit? Do they see anything? See, sometimes, you know, we, 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 we're not, we don't judge fruit necessarily, but we have to inspect, is there any fruit there? We have to be honest. We can't ever say, you know, well, it's too late for me. Uh, now my kids are older or this or that. We can't say that. No, we have today. We can start today then. Amen. Making an impact. Doing something to impact somebody else's life. So we're followers of God as dear children, and then it says we're kind, we're tender-hearted, we're forgiving. So kids then are going to see the things that we're demonstrating in our life. Amen? Goes with 1 Corinthians 14 then. 1 Corinthians 14 says that do not be children in understanding. What it means here is that you want to be mature. You want to, you want to be mature in understanding, but it says in malice you want to be like babies. Now, malice means, malice means it, that, you, that you have evil intent or offenses. Well, there you want to be like a child, like, forget it. You know, a child, a child that's a child, something can happen, and they can forget it in the next five minutes like it never happened at all. So as a, as a child of God, you want to be mature in your faith. You want to be mature in knowing the word, but you want to be childlike in forgiving. Amen. You want to be childlike in that way as parents, of course, or people with influence. And in this church, you're around people, but you're going to influence people. You want maturity, but you also want to be childlike in offenses. Remember, Jesus said offenses will come. Well, they come against everybody. OK, so I, I have multiple occasions every week to be offended if I wanted to be or I can let it go. I can be childlike and let it go. I can just say, oh, whatever, let it go. Remember, Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That was his perspective, right perspective, right? In the natural, we say they know exactly what they're doing. They spoke this. They did this against me. And Jesus said, no, no, you don't understand. There's a higher level here of spiritual battles. Your ultimate enemy is the devil, not that person, right? Remember, your spouse is not your adversary. Hello. Your spouse isn't your adversary. You might have disagreements, but they're not your adversary. You just work out the disagreements and face spiritual battles in a spiritual way. So then Paul was writing Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, and he said, continue the things you've learned and been assured, knowing where you've learned them, than that from a childhood you've known the scriptures. So from a child. I remember Timothy, Timothy had his mother and his grandmother that brought him. Never says anything about his dad. 
But his mother and grandmother had a tremendous influence in his life. Influence that from a child he started learning scriptures. Doesn't mean, folks, everybody's got to get born again, right? Doesn't say from a child he's baptized in water so he's automatically a Christian. Nothing to do with baptism here. Everything about learning scriptures from a child, right? If someone can grow up knowing Jesus, how wonderful that is that they just, I don't know, I just knew him all my life. Wonderful. Hallelujah. But, but continue in the things, in other words, the things that, that from the scriptures, you're continuing in those things that you've learned starting from a child. And they'll make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. In other words, you're on a journey for the rest of your life, for eternity. It's not like we do this for 10 years, but it's for the rest of our life. So the scriptures in Timothy grew up from a child. Folks, there will be people that will come on Tuesday night that know nothing about Jesus. And they're going to show up. Maybe because of a bike, maybe because of something else. Maybe they're going to get their face painted, whatever. But they haven't heard about Jesus. And you might be the first person to just bless them. You might be the first person to speak something into their life. Or them up here hearing John 3.16. It's like, you know, all the stadium events, you know, that they put up the sign in the end zone, John 3.16. And, you know, the sinners are just thinking, hey, they're looking for John. They're telling him I'm in rows 3, seat 16. They know nothing about the Bible. They don't know that's a Bible. You know what I mean? They're in the end zone. Row 3, verse uh, seat 16. This is where I'm at. Find me, John. The world is ignorant, folks. And we're growing up in a godless society. I'm thankful for this country, but for many decades, we've been in a path of godliness, of ungodliness, I should say. Now, people can blame, you can blame government, you could blame school systems and so forth, but let's get down to maybe real responsibility. And maybe it's me. Maybe it's me as a parent. Maybe it's me and my influence over my kids. See, we like to point out all the other things. They, they all did this wrong, and I like to think, I know that, but what have you done? The easy button, the easy button, you know, parents say, you know, boy... Boy, Johnny's really bad. He got out of school. Let's send him to a Christian college. Maybe they'll straighten him out. And I have contacts with Christian schools, with parents that have sent their rebellious kids to Christian schools that end up causing more havoc and so forth like that, which isn't good. So rather than accepting responsibility, they abdicate it and say, uh, maybe you, can you straighten out Johnny for me because I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to live the life. I haven't done the life. But maybe you can do it for me so that they'll be nice and respectable and look good in our family. I'm just telling the truth. I know this firsthand. Very sad deal. So the responsibility comes to us. When I look at Kids Night Out, we do a lot of work. We do a lot of things. What's the goal? Souls. That's the goal. Boys and girls, hearing about Jesus. Winning a bike, wonderful. Smiles, wonderful. But hearing about Jesus Christ, who is the only true God, who is the only Savior, who is the only way to life. Hearing about Jesus Christ. Kids can get up here and kind of have a little fun time. he got the whole world in his hands, and he does. 
And we can have a lot of fun, but the message, see, comes out. Jesus. Jesus. He's life. And what happens then? So you got some that will learn from a childhood and some that will grow up maybe later, get born again, remember something. Remember, the Holy Spirit can't bring something to your remembrance, to your memory, unless you put it in there. Right? Unless you put it in there first. Then he can bring it to your memory. So in verse, let me just, just 1 Timothy 4.12. So he just said to Timothy, now Timothy's a young person again. So we see how God wants to use young people, all people of all ages, hallelujah. Well, let's, let's focus here for a minute on young people. He wants to use young people. And it says you're a youth, you're maybe a teenager, but you're an example to others. You're an example in the Word of God. So you're an example knowing the Bible. Knowing what the Bible says, knowing the truth, knowing, knowing in relationship to our world today in which we live. How are we going to live? If, think about this. If in the last year I look at the body of Christ in general. So the body of Christ in general has just been in, we've had the COVID crisis. Ah! We've had the political things. Ah! And like the word the other night, Isaac, again, if those things... If, if just the footmen stress you out, where will you be when something really big happens? If that stresses you out. Or a friend emailed, a critical email to say, or text to say desperate prayer for his friend in Nigeria. Because now on the marketplace for heads, this pastor's head is here to be beheaded as soon as they can get him. Soon as they can find him, soon as they can locate where he's at. Well, we don't have that problem. But if these things in the world here, our world, weary us, where are we going to be for the future? So we have to be strong in the word, in the word. Amen. There's winds of all kinds blowing furiously. Let me tell you, furiously. But we're an example to others in the word. Stability. Then we're example in our conduct, how our lifestyle is. Amen? How our lifestyle is, how we live our life and how, how we talk and so forth. We're conduct in love, in the, in the charity of our life. How we love other people. Amen. Amen? How we care about other people. How we minister to other people. Amen? I, I just think this is so important. I mean, my son one time got a car. We pass on cars. We, through the years, we passed on cars to our kids and stuff. And then my son was at his company. He was a manager. And then there was a co-worker. He needed a car. And my son was going to sell his. And it was, it was a Honda. It had a five CDs in it. And the guy didn't know the Lord, anything like that. But, you know, and so my, my son said, well, and this guy said, I, I want to buy the car. I want to buy the car. And Ryan really didn't want to sell it to him. But, oh, okay. And he said, he said, okay. He said, on one condition. The guy said, what's that? He said, there's five CDs in there that my dad, from messages, and you have to listen to them. And the guy said, okay. <laughs> he says, if you do that, I'll sell you the car. So he sold him the car, and the guy, through the process of time, said, wow, I've been listening to those CDs. That's really amazing. See, God was impacting his life. But I just thought, well, what a great thing. <laughs> 
in the workplace or marketplace planting seeds so that someone else can be influenced for Christ. So, so his conduct, his character, his love was huge. Notice what it says next in spirit. Let's just talk about attitude in this case. What's your attitude like? So he's in, his attitude, Timothy, young person, teenager, but his attitude, Paul obviously knew, hey, you got the goods, you got the goods, but be an example on all these things. For who? For the older people. For the older believers that are going to watch you and say, you little young whippersnapper, and then they're, they're, you're an example in that. Be an example in faith. Trusting God for help. Trusting God for the anointing in their life. Be an example of living it out. And then, of course, in purity, just, just godliness. Godliness. Their, their attitude as far as toward morality. Spiritual purity, but also sexual purity. Be an example in that. This is the goal. Amen. We read this, of course, today, and we think, yeah, we should be an example. We, older. But this is, this is spoken to a young person, a teenager here, that obviously these things should be ingrained in all of our lives so that then we have an impact on others around us. Amen. So as I'm looking out here, I think this. First of all, it's a big club for people who've made mistakes. Big club. And we're all part of that club. And for, so for some of us, you could think, oh, look at my kids. Oh, man, I wish I'd have heard this 30 years ago, whatever. But, you know, hey, it's never too late. And I want to say that. It's never too late to take your phone today. If you've got a phone, turn it on right now. Permission granted. Take your phone and text. If you have a son or daughter, I want you to text them. I just want you to text them. Whatever comes to your mind, but you want to text them really like, hey, I just want you to know that uh, you, know, you love them, you appreciate them. I want you to text a compliment to them. Amen? I want you to text something that will bring life. I want you to text something nice. I don't want you to text a critique or something about their life. I just want you to speak something nice into their life. Amen? Amen. But I want you to do it again and again and again. Amen. Not a one-time thing, but all the time. I mean, this is if your kids aren't at home and so forth. But if your kids are at home, you want to grab them and squeeze them. If they're near you right now, get close to them and squeeze them for a minute. Some of you kids are getting a little bigger, but you can still be squeezed. Amen. You know what I mean? I mean, eventually, eventually my son's son and son-in-law, they're like this. And, I, and I'm like this, squeezing them. It's like, it's like squeezing somebody that's been in the weight room, you know. But that's all right. That's what you want to do. And you want to get in the practice of taking your hands, if you're physically there to bless them. If you're not physically there, then you're using your phone or you're using FaceTime. You're using technology to bless your family. Amen? You want to do this. Don't look at, don't look at something. Don't look at eye, the body language, eye rolling. or Don't look at any of that. No, no, no. Just, just be about your purpose to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen? You do the practice it. You are practicing our faith. Amen? Remember, our faith from here goes out there to the world. And Father, I pray for every family here right now, every family represented, every family watching right now. I pray a blessing on these families. 
I pray a blessing on their children and their grandchildren. I pray generational blessings in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, you've equipped us to be lights for you in our homes. Uh, wherever we go, wherever we work, we're lights for you, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you for this anointing, Lord. The anointing that will shape the next generations of leaders. Next generations that are rising up, Lord, in schools and other places that are standing for you, Lord God. That are standing in righteousness. Lord, they're not ashamed to be a Christian because they know you, Jesus. How much you love them and you love all the other people around them, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for ministering right now and using people. Help them to get this. Help them to get this, that this sifts down from thoughts into actions in our lives, Father, in Jesus' name. Help it, Lord God. And, Lord, we thank you for Kids Night Out, Lord, for an awesome night, a great night, a fun night, Lord, as everybody's here. And we pray that kids would come. Father, in Jesus' name, through these flyers and through, through the invitations that kids would come and be a part of this great event to hear about you, Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing today, Lord, through our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's thank him. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.